A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Rule the World. The art and power of storytelling. Storytelling is what connects us as humans, and for brands, it is no different. A well-told story can effectively position your brand in the minds and hearts of your audience, and can convert thoughts and feelings into results and revenue. On this show, we dive into the unique and recurring principles of world-class storytellers from every walk of life to help you level up your storytelling skills and knowledge to drive real, measurable results for you and your organization. Here's your host, Paul Furlong. Hello and welcome to Rule the World, the art and power of storytelling. I'm your host, Paul Furlong. Just a quick reminder that my book, Rule the World, Master the Power of Storytelling to Inspire, Influence and Succeed, is now available. You can get hold of your copy in all good bookshops, including Amazon and Kindle, Waterstones and WH Smith in the UK, Barnes and Noble in the US, and all good bookshops throughout the rest of the world. Anyway, without further ado, I'm delighted to welcome our guest today, Mark Carpenter. Mark is a serial storyteller. Uh, He's been telling stories since childhood and has leveraged his ability into a career in marketing communications and public relations and uh, later on as a college professor and corporate facilitator. His storytelling has become even more purposeful and effective after researching and writing his best-selling book, Master Storytelling, How to Turn Your Experiences into Stories that Teach, Lead, and Inspire. And now as a facilitator, consultant, and speaker, he teaches others what he learned in the process. So, Mark, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Paul. Um, thrilled to be here with you and with your listeners. So that's a um, that's a short pricey about yourself. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about who you are, what you do, and how you found storytelling? Yeah, well, you know, as the, as the bio said, I really told stories all my life. Now, mainly as a kid, it was just to get attention, you know, <laughs> to, to, to find my place in the world and to be a little humorous. I, I like humor. I like to have fun. I like to make people laugh. But as I grew older and older, really storytelling became about how do I teach people things? I, I realized that my best teachers are the teachers that I related to most through my public school education and into university were those teachers who could relate principles by telling a story that connected to it. Those were the things that I remembered. Those are the things that stuck out to me. 
And so as a business leader and as working in marketing and public relations and as facilitating and teaching, I realized that was my way to teach people real principles and to help them connect to those principles in a way that was lasting. And so that, that's, that's where I became a, a serial storyteller. And when we wrote the book four years ago, it really got me more intentional about doing it. I realized that I was doing things that followed certain principles and certain paths, but I was not doing it consciously. I was doing it just because I'd practiced and I'd seen what worked. But there's a very intentional way that you can tell stories that leads to teaching that principle that you want to get across to people. I completely agree with you. We, we, I was out with with the team in Singapore a couple of weeks ago doing um, producing all the AV for a, a big global conference, and obviously there you you face with hundreds of maybe not hundreds but ten, tens of speakers, and, and some of them just kind of blab facts and figures at you for forty five minutes, and there's no story behind it at all, is there? And and you, you kind of you, you look at the audience. And I'm stood behind the vision mixer, and <laughs> you kind of like just keep it off the audience for a couple of minutes while, <laughs> while they're going through this bit because there's no story, there's no engagement there. And then you get other people who just kind of uh, put stories through it all the way through, and they they use a story to bring every point to life, and it's brilliant. What one of, one of the, the the best speakers that was there was a sales trainer called Victor Antonio. He brought everything to life with a story. Every point he made had a story. That brought it to life. It was it was it was brilliant, and uh, yeah, couldn't agree more. And you make such a great point around that, Paul. That if you're the one that's speaking, I don't care if you're in the role of a team leader, or you're talking to investors as a business owner, or you're speaking on a stage. If you look in the eyes of your audience, you can tell when you're losing them, and the thing that's going to bring them back is a well-told story that makes a point, not just a story to tell a story, because I've heard that and that's entertaining and things, but to really make your point, make sure your story connects to that point. That's one of the, the pieces of intentionality that I try to get across to people is don't tell stories just to tell stories, tell stories to teach, lead and inspire. Yeah, absolutely. There was a couple of them as well who, who stood on stage and told the story for 45 minutes and I couldn't tell you what point they were trying to make. They told a good story, but there was there was no no kind of point behind it. So yeah, absolutely. So let's take this back then, uh, right back to to the beginning. Can you define what a story is? Well, the way that we define a, a story is a three part narrative. So it has a beginning, middle, and end that leads to a point that that brings in an important principle. And there's all sorts of people who will define stories different ways. I mean, you, you can. You look at TikTok and TikTok will tell you that they're, they're, they're telling themselves or they're telling their, their story through TikTok. But that's the way we define it is, is with that very intentional purpose that we're trying to make a point. The, the other thing that I, that I think people do is they confuse sharing an experience with telling a story. Because sharing an experience, we do that all the time. You, you, you come home from work. And your family or friend says, hey, how was your day today? And you might share the experiences that you had during that day. But it's just relating information. I look at telling a story as being intentional about setting it up, having some conflict, getting to a resolution that teaches a point. What did I learn from this this transition, from this arc that that we went on? So that's the way I define story is a three-part narrative, beginning, middle, end, that leads to a point. So you, you mentioned you mentioned there about the kind of the conflict in the middle. 
Um, tell me more about about conflict and how that how you build that, how you build around it. What what makes that? Because I know that um, Robert McKee, who we spoke to right back in the very first episode of Rule the World, he says that without conflict, there is no story. Exactly, I totally agree with him. So, so talk to me about conflict and and how you build that conflict. Yeah, and and I just like I said, I completely agree with, with that that concept. Without conflict in a story, you're not going to get people's attention. You're not you're not going to draw them in. You've probably experienced this, or many of your listeners have. If you watched a movie or a television show, we've done so much of that during you know pandemic times in the last few years. Where, where we sat down in front of Netflix or some other streaming apps and you watch a show and it's like, this is boring. It's typically boring because there's no conflict. There's nothing that's getting in the way. So part of the conflict part of it is setting it up well with the, the beginning part, which is what's my goal? What am I trying to accomplish here? Um, because there needs to be a worthwhile goal that you're trying to get to that that conflict gets in the way of. That's going to spark your listeners' interest because they're going to want to know, okay, how do you get through that? How do you get beyond that conflict to your worthwhile goal? Or sometimes the story is, how did you stumble and maybe not accomplish your goal? But what do we learn from that so that I, as the listener, cannot make the same mistakes that you made? Uh, I, I, I tell an experience sometimes, I actually borrowed this from a friend of mine who, who's also a facilitator, where he was leading a class and there was one person who showed up late. And this person was a great big early guy, shows up, looks around the room. And of course, where's the last seat in the room? Right up front. So what does he do? He walks up to the front of the room, grabs his chair and drags it to the back of the room. And my friend's thinking, great, this is that person. Now you see the little conflict that's come in? It's this is the person who's going to disrupt my class. And now you as the listener are going, yeah, what's going to happen with this guy? And as the day went on, this guy sat with his arms folded in the back of the room. He didn't make much, many, many comments. My friend's just reinforcing that narrative that he's got in his head about this guy. They take their lunch break. They come back from lunch. They're maybe two minutes into the afternoon session of this course. And this guy stands up in the back of the room. And he says, I need to talk to you out in the hall to the facilitator. Well, now he's a little nervous about what's going to happen, about how this is going to go. He goes out in the hall with this guy, and the guy closes the door to the room and looks up and down the hall to make sure they're alone. You think my friend's getting a little nervous right now? Guy steps toward him, gets a little closer, lowers his voice and says, I just wanted to let you know that the zipper in your pants is down. I didn't want you to be embarrassed in front of the other people in the room. Okay. Now, all of a sudden, this story has taken a turn. This is not a mean, angry guy who doesn't want to be there. He's somebody who's being helpful. And all of a sudden, the perception that my friend had of this participant completely changed. He didn't move the chair to the back of the room because he didn't want to participate. He moved the chair to the back of the room because he's tall and he didn't want to get in people's way. And so that little conflict that I built in there leads people to want to know what's going to happen. Is this going to turn into a fight in the hall? What, where is this going to go? And that's going to keep your interest enough to keep you to the end of the story and to get to that lesson about be careful of the judgments you make about people on first blush. So that, that's the power of conflict is it's going to keep people in. 
It's going to draw them to that story and want them to get to that conclusion. Remember that lesson that you just taught. There's an element in, I love that story. And there's an element of how you told that story as well. Sometimes conflict, you, you, you'll have a, a nice gentle setup and then everything will be tooling along right. And then the conflict just kind of snaps into it. You've laid the groundwork there and you, you've kind of built the curiosity all the way through for that moment of conflict where, where he took him out into the hallway. So the, there's this, there's these breadcrumbs all the way up to it, that curiosity building all the way through. It's not just like everything's fine, everything's fine, everything's fine. And then conflict kind of out of nowhere. I love the way that you kind of built that up, uh, leading that trail of breadcrumbs all the way to it. Yeah. And, and that's a flow that we really like to use. Now, there's another way that you can bring conflict in even more at the beginning. And that is you can jump people into the middle of the story. Another great storyteller, friend of mine, Rain Bennett, uh, talks about this, that if you start your story with, I never thought I'd end up in the hospital that day. Well, all of a sudden people are like, whoa, why were you in the hospital? And then you can jump back to the day started out fairly normally until I got T-boned at that intersection. But you know, they, they know you survived because you're there to tell the story. But sometimes you might want to start with what's that inciting incident or that inciting moment so that people right at the beginning are, okay, what's going on here? What's happened? That's particularly useful if you've got an audience maybe who you've lost a little bit or they're not paying attention at the beginning and you want to jump them right in. So sometimes you can jump that conflict right to the beginning, but then you've got to let people know that it was real. So it can't be, yeah, I was actually walking through the hospital to see a friend of mine. Uh, or who worked there as a nurse. So there's no real danger. There's no real conflict there. That You're going to let people down if you do that. So make it real is, is my point. Don't invent things that, that weren't there or your audience will check out because you won't be authentic. Some great movies that do use that as a, as a technical way through. You think Christopher Nolan movies, think of it like The Dark Knight, straight in with that the bank heist, which he just copied from Michael Mann in Heat. And then you've got... Like, uh, well, any of his movies always start in the action sequence, don't they? And then they give you that breather after a couple of minutes. So many movies just start plodding along and plodding along and take time to build up, whereas they just get straight into the action uh, to, to kind of get, get that conflict in straight away, get that curiosity building straight away, uh, and then kind of take, take you on that journey with them, uh, get you hooked straight from that, that first moment. It's, uh, it's a really, really great technique. Yeah, right on. Great, great example of that. And I think today in our overloaded world of media, that's become more and more important to really get people's attention right at the front. You talked about the, the conference you went to where you had tens of speakers. Well, once you get into the fourth or fifth of them, the audience can sometimes start zoning out a little bit. So you have to be really good and intentional about how am I going to grab people's attention and not just to be funny. Where, where they'll remember me, but make my point along the way. So they'll both remember me and the point that I'm trying to make. And as business leaders, think about that. This is not just about speaking from the stage. This is about talking to your customers. It's about talking to your investors. It's about talking to your employees. How do I keep their attention when these are people who may know me already? And so they're like, okay, this is that person who's leading my company. Here's the boss. But how do I get their attention enough that they're going to hear and understand and remember the point that I'm trying to make? And a well-told story will get you there. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. So why do you think people respond to stories in such a way? Why do you think they are so powerful? Well, we, we love stories because we live stories. Uh, our, our life is nothing really but a collection of little stories along the way. And just from an evolutionary standpoint, this is how we built community. You know, back in ancient man, they, they didn't have written communication. They didn't have warning signs that they would post places. How did you know where a dangerous place was to go? It was because somebody else in your community talked about the danger they, they experienced in that place. Don't go into that part of the woods. That's where the lions live. You know, and that's what's going to keep you from danger. But there's some there's some great research that's been done. Uh, one of the people that I follow is Dr. Paul Zak at Claremont Graduate University, and, and he's done a lot of research around the brain chemistry that changes in us as we hear good stories. And I see a nodding, Paul, so I, I'm thinking that you understand this, or you're, you're familiar with his work. But as you tell a well-told story with good characters with a worthwhile goal, it actually increases oxytocin in the brains of the listeners, which builds trust and connection. They, they can relate to you. If I can relate to that experience, you're listening to me talk about my, my friend standing in front of the room with that person who comes in and sits in the back of the room. You're going, oh, yeah, I've, I've known those people. I've been in those kinds of situations. Maybe not that one exactly, but something similar enough. And all of a sudden, we can relate to each other and you trust what I'm saying more. We talked about conflict. When you build that conflict in, people's attention gets heightened because there's an increase in cortisol in their brain. They want to know what's gonna happen. You've spiked my curiosity. You've spiked my interest enough to, to stay with you. That's gonna keep you in the story. And then when you give me a satisfactory resolution, or at least a good lesson that I've learned there at the end, I get an increase in the neurotransmitter dopamine, which is that ah, kind of feeling that satisfaction at the end. There was some resolution there that I can get to, and that's going to help me feel good about the lesson that I learned, which will also help me remember it more. So there's some physiological things that happen to us with story that connect us as human beings, as well as some really logical things just from over time that this is who we are as a human species. That connection that's created, that empathy towards the, the speaker, that, um, that kind of all that memory stuff that, that Paul Zach and, and uh, Uri Hassan and people like that talk about is so important. Um, and it just makes such a difference to just spouting facts and figures compared to the, the stories like we were talking about with the conference before, like we were talking about with the films, just getting straight into it, compared to kind of just 
yeah, the, this fact is the thing that happened and this is the thing that I want you to go and do, just backing it up with the story makes such a difference. Um, and so um, when you're when you're hearing people tell stories, we've talked about kind of setting the, the beginning, the middle, and having that conflict in the middle, building the curiosity towards the conflict. What do people do wrong? What do people do badly when they're telling stories? We know what, what we should be doing. So what shouldn't we be doing? What, what have you seen or heard people do wrong when they're telling stories um, in, in any context, but in a business context, in a, in a context where you think that uh, people are trying to kind of create influence and um, kind of uh, get people to, to lead and inspire? I think that the number one thing, and, and th- this leads to all the detailed things that people do wrong in stories. But the number one thing that people do wrong is that they aren't clear on the point they're trying to make. And that leads to a bunch of other problems. If I don't know where my story's going, if I don't know what point I want to make here at the end, I will probably wander around my story in search of a point. And then you get those long rambling narratives that you're sitting there wondering, is is this eventually going to lead somewhere? Is this going to come to some kind of point? And you get lost along the way and you'll lose your audience along the way when you're trying to find that point. So be clear on the point you're trying to make. The, the other thing that happens along that same vein, if I'm not clear on my point, I may rush through the story and miss key details that I need to make that point. So it, it's, it's the old Stephen Covey principle of begin with the end in mind, where you want to know what the point is you're trying to make here at the end of the story. That's going to help you edit the story appropriately along the way. The, the other mistake that I see is that people aren't clear on who they're talking to. And so they'll tell a story that is in their world and makes a whole bunch of sense in their world, but they're using jargon and vernacular that only people in their world will understand. Uh, I have an example that, that that's in our book. Uh, I was listening uh, to somebody teach a lesson. And it was a mixed group of people. The person that was teaching it was a nurse. And she kept using all this medical terminology and medical acronyms. And all of our industries have different acronyms that we use. But she's throwing out acronyms in there. I kept turning to my wife, who's trained as an x-ray technician, and said, what does that mean? And she'd explain to me the acronym. And I'd go, oh, okay. And then I'd have to like catch back up with where she was in the story. And I'd go, wait, what does that mean? And it lost me. I'm sure she made a good point, but I lost the point because I was so confused by the details in there. So know your audience, know what point you're trying to make with them. What's the end that you want to get to? What point are you trying to teach? What do you want to lead them to? What action do you want to inspire with this story? That's going to help you once you put it into that framework to get your story right and have it have the impact that you want it to have. Uh, that's really great advice. And so um, once you've fixed those two major issues um, and you know who you're talking to and you, you've stripped out all of the jargon um, and you've got your uh, kind of you, your conflict right and you've got your, your beginning and middle and end, um, how do you wrap it all up? What's, what's the kind of the thing that you're going to do to parcel it all up so that you know that when you go and present it on stage or or write it into copy to put on your website or um, or 
put it on a video to, to put onto TikTok. Um, what, what's that thing? What's the bow that you're going to put on top of it to, to put it into your, your, your big, your, your big nicely wrapped parcel? Yeah. And so if, I, if I'm hearing your question right, and I want to make sure I'm answering the right question, you're saying, how do I take that experience and actually make it into a real story? Yeah. Okay. And so there's a lot of people that will have, here's the 12 steps you take or the eight steps or the nine steps or whatever. We try to just consolidate that down to three. <laughs> and, and I mentioned that earlier, there's kind of a beginning, middle and end, but it's not just, here's the start, here's the middle, here's the end. The beginning needs to be the setup with, here's the current situation. Here's the current state that I was in. I'll go back to the example that I used earlier. My friend's starting a class current state, goal, I want to, and, and set up the goal. What, what am I trying to accomplish here? Just trying to, to teach people some things. That leads you into what's the conflict? What gets in the way of that? That's the second part of the story. This person comes in, drags the chair to the back of the room, looks like he's going to be a disruptor. Then he calls me out into the hall. Okay, there's that disruptive moment that seems to be getting in the way of that goal that I have. And then the change is the way that we like to put the last part. What change happened there that actually I learned from either from doing something right or from making a mistake? And what's that shift there at the end that gets me to the dopamine hit, that gets me to, oh, there's the outcome. There's the change and there's the lesson that I can take away from this experience. So again, just to recap that, there's the introduction where you're setting the stage, identifying who this is, what their situation is, and the goal they're trying to accomplish. The conflict that comes in that gets in the way of that, why that's important, why that's emotionally appealing, and then the change that comes at the end that leads people to the outcome and the, the conclusion, the lesson that's learned from that experience in that story. That's great. And that's, that's a really nice way to... Uh, kind of structure the story in order to be able to kind of keep it uh, so, uh, relatively simple. It's not. It's not. It, it's it's relatively. It's not easy, but it's relatively straightforward once you get that kind of structure in your head. And there's lots of people that have said to me in the past, like so and so is a really good storyteller. I could never tell a, a good story like that person. So, what would you say to these these people now that they've got this kind of structure in place? Who who've said, oh, I could never tell a story like that person. You know, usually I answer that objection with a question. And so I'm going to, I'm going to throw this question back to you, Paul. What is a hobby or an activity that you just love to do personally, just kind of away from, from work life? Uh, martial arts. Okay. Martial arts. The first time that you tried to do martial arts, were you good at it? No, it really hurt. <laughs> yeah, it was painful. It was hard. How did you get better at that? Practice. Yeah, that's the same thing with storytelling. The first few times you do it, it's going to be a little painful. It's going to be hard. It's not going to work like you wanted it to work. But just as you did with martial arts, you practice it. You try it. You get some direction from somebody who knows. And you build that skill and you learn from your mistakes. You probably learned as you were learning martial arts just as much from the mistakes you made as you did from the things you did right. More so probably because the, uh, the, the time that somebody broke my ribs, I'm never going to do that again. There you go. 
Yeah. There you go. You learn from those stumbles. You learn from the times where you told a story and, and it didn't resonate with people. And they go, okay, what did I do wrong there? What did I miss? And if you look back and analyze that, then you'll tell it better the next time. And so it's really about any, like any skill. It's building it over time. Those people that, that you look at and say, wow, they're just natural storytellers. They're really good at this. I guarantee you. They're good at it because they've done it a lot and they've learned from their mistakes. They've practiced it. And for some people, they like telling stories more. And so they're drawn to that. that. That was me as a kid. But the more you do it, the more you do it intentionally, just like any other skill, the better you're going to get at it. Yeah, 100%. And so... um I guess this is my last question before we come to a few quick fire questions. Um, it, within within leadership, within any um, any any walk of life, whether it's leadership in in sales, in in business, in uh, in marketing, a, a, any anywhere um, within teaching, wherever it is, why is storytelling such an essential skill? Because it doesn't seem to be valued at the same level as other things. So, so if you, if you were to be sat in front of uh, parliament in the UK, in front of Congress in, in the US, any other um, huge leadership organization, what would be your pitch to get um, storytelling to be taken more seriously as an essential skill that should be taught uh, across uh, all levels of education? Yeah, this is, this is that question that goes between hard skills and people skills. I don't like to say soft skills because they're people skills. But we get, and especially as we grow into leadership positions, we think, okay, I'm a leader now. I'm a leader in parliament. I'm a leader in business. I'm a leader in wherever I am. I need to be a serious leader. So what do serious leaders do? They talk about numbers. They talk about process. They talk about strategy. They talk about serious leadership things. And you lose people when you do that. We connect with each other as a species through stories. If you want to connect to your people, if you want to teach, lead, and inspire people, story is the way to do that because that's how we connect as human beings. And if you don't believe me, try it. That's the other thing I'd say is try it. Just give this a shot sometime and see what difference it makes. And see how it improves or increases your ability to impact people's thinking and impact their behavior. It'll improve your ability to teach, lead, and inspire if you understand how to take real-life experiences and turn them into well-crafted, intentional stories. So that's the pitch that I would make, is this is what connects us as human beings. Great pitch. You certainly won me over. If uh, if I wasn't or- if I wasn't already an advocate, you'd have certainly won me over with that. So um, yeah, Paul and I have already identified that we're in the same camp on this. One hundred percent. I wonder if um, I wonder if maybe we can get you in front of Parliament or, uh, or Congress. And see, if- <laughs> maybe we need to start a bit smaller, but uh, certainly get you in front of some uh, some uh, big uh, educational or or, uh, or leadership organizations we need we need more people who can tell good stories in order to be able to teach lead and inspire so just a few quick fire questions um mark if that's all right first one is who do you think of when you hear the word story and why do you think of that person well i i think of a lot of people i'll i'll start on the casual level 
I'll start with my mother. My, my mother was a, a, a teacher of, of reading in English for 26 years. And she told me some great stories and they were family stories. This is how I connected to my ancestry on that side of my family. Uh, she, she told a great story about her dad when he was 16 years old that I've actually turned into a book uh, because it was just such a fun, cool experience about uh, growing up on a ranch in, in Arizona in the United States. And it, it was a highly impactful story to me about growing up. And so I'll, I'll start with her from a more formal standpoint. I mentioned Paul Zach. Paul, Paul is, is, is great in terms of understanding the impact of story. And, uh, and, and another one that I followed recently, I, I mentioned before, is Rain Bennett. Rain, Rain is, a, is a fantastic storyteller. He's a filmmaker, documentary filmmaker. And he, he gets it too. He's, he's in our camp, Paul, about the intentionality of storytelling and crafting it in a way that leads to positive results. So, so there's a, there's a few people that, that are out there that, that I think of when I think of great storytellers. Great selection. And, um, can you recommend any good books or websites, blogs, podcasts about storytelling? And I'll I'll go back to Dr. Zach, uh, his book, Trust Factor is fantastic. If you really want to understand the impact of oxytocin, uh, read Trust Factor. Uh, I'm, I'm in the middle of that book right now, and I'm just finding it absolutely fascinating. Um, and, and it's just a great understanding of how we connect as human beings. So that's one of the great ones. Uh, there's all sorts of, of great uh, podcasts out there, and, and I'm not going to remember the names of them all. But I just mentioned Rain Bennett. Rain has a great podcast that he does around this concept of, of storytelling as well. And uh, just just look up, go into your podcast and look up storytelling <laughs> or story. You'll find all sorts of podcasts listed there and find the ones that resonate with you most. The more you do this, this goes back to that intentionality. If you want to get better at this skill, like any other skill, you have to learn it. Who do you learn from? Learn from people that are experienced at it. So listen to those people. They'll guide you along in this process. That's brilliant. And um, last question, speaking of books, you've got a book. Where can, we, where can we buy it? Where can we find out more about you? Uh, where can we find you online? How can we connect with you? So the book is Master Storytelling, How to Turn Your Experiences into Stories that Teach, Lead, and Inspire. It is available on Amazon all throughout the world. Um, it's, it's always amazing to me as I look at my sales totals at, at the end of each month, where in the world people are buying my book. And it's curiously popular in India. Which is, I I haven't completely figured out, but uh, there's there's a lot of people in India that tend to tend to buy the book. Um, so there there's one place you can look up me, Mark Carpenter, uh, on LinkedIn. I'm based in the Salt Lake City, Utah area in the United States, and so make sure you get to that Mark Carpenter uh, because there's a bunch of us out there. Um, or look up Master Storytelling on LinkedIn or Facebook. And we've got sites uh, in both of those social media platforms. Uh, I try to put stories out uh, once a week. I try to prove the point that we all live stories every day. And once a week, I'll try to put out a story that uh, teaches a principle uh, based on something that just happened to me in, in that past week. And they're as simple as interactions that I have with my grandchildren to business situations where we ran into problems or hearing other people and, and their challenges. But that's where you can, you can find me, and I'd love to connect with any of you. Uh, we have a couple of free resources on our website. 
which is master-storytelling.com. So you have to have the little dash between master and storytelling uh, to, to get to the right place. We've got some free resources there. So welcome you to come there. Love to have you join our community. That's brilliant. Mark, I've loved talking with you today. It's, uh, it's lovely that we're on the same page. And um, thank you very much for, for taking the time out to, uh, to talk with us all today. Well, I always enjoy talking to uh, fellow storytellers and those that, that understand and, and believe in the power of storytelling. So thanks for letting me spend some time with you and with your listeners today. Just a quick reminder that my book, Rule the World, Master the Power of Storytelling to Inspire, Influence and Succeed is now available. You can get hold of your copy in all good bookshops, including Amazon and Kindle, Waterstones and WH Smith in the UK, Barnes and Noble in the US, and all good bookshops throughout the rest of the world. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Rule the World. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. And visit weareopusmedia.com for more resources based on today's topic, as well as access to more episodes that will help you develop your storytelling abilities. That's weareopusmedia.com. Thank you, and see you next time. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.